the character is like an armor to, pro pro to protect yourself. Mm. But inside this armor, it's you that was inside Benson. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Baladins Live podcast. I'm your host Jana Komarnitska and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladins art form. Plus, I really like like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much their experience with BDE pushed their dance career. You can have it too. Join one of the BDE experience intensives and get the training and experience of performing in lead and ensemble roles open for Raksharki and fusion styles. Details and training materials for the casting are available at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. Episodes like this have a special charm to me. Usually I record everything using online technologies and that's great, but when I have opportunity to meet with an artist and chat in person, it does have a special vibe. And that's exactly the opportunity I had during my stay in Curitiba, Brazil, where I had the pleasure of meeting Linda Hator and recording this interview in person. Linda began her studies in ballet dance in 1998 and since then she has dedicated herself professionally to this art as a dancer, teacher, choreographer and director of the Hator group of Oriental Dances. In 2003 she received her professional registration by the Union of Artists of Paraná in Brazil, as well as for several consecutive years she remained among the first places in the National Mercado Perso competition the most important oriental dance competition in Brazil. She also became the professional Brazilian champion of ballet dance in 2011 contest. Gathering her knowledge in the area of performing arts with oriental dance, she developed her own methodology to work with expression and emotion through dance. Linda was invited by Dunya and Hossam Ramzi to join their tour in Brazil in 2003. And this is among many other achievements and events happening in her dance career. In our today's episode we will talk about many different things, including her choice of taking a performing arts degree instead of dance degree in the university, her special methodology of teaching emotional expression and dance, traps of artistic ego, the popularity of ballet dance in Brazil prior to Oklahoma TV series, as well as how Linda started her festival before she even established her school. So all this and more is waiting for you in this episode. I hope you will enjoy it and don't forget to screenshot and share it afterwards with your friends. Have you ever considered adding a fitness element to your ballet dance classes? That's one of the typical reasons why students come to a dance class at first place, to improve their physicality. Imagine how much your teaching business can benefit if you know how to combine these two elements together, dance and fitness, and how to emphasize it 
in your marketing strategy. And that's exactly what Orid teaches at her Sharky the Belly Dance Workout Instructors Academy. You live with razor-sharp teaching skills and best practices for your teaching business project. The next Sharky Instructor Academy starts on April 3rd, so apply ASAP to secure your spot. More info at sharky.com teach. S-H-A-R-Q-U-I dot com slash teach. Sharky.com slash teach. Direct link in the show notes. I'm really very happy <laughs> not only to do this interview with you, but also to take an opportunity to do it in person. So, mm. happy to see you, Linda, and also welcome to the Validance Life podcast. <laughs> oh, hello, Yana. Hello, everybody. It's a big honor to be part of your podcast. You know, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. <laughs> I listen all the episodes and I'm so grateful and honored to be here with you in person. And could talk with your audience. <laughs> I'm also very happy to record it uh, in a very special pre- place. It's a your dance place of Curitiba. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's your studio, Hator Studio in Curitiba, Brazil. And it's really beautiful. And I have been enjoying um, lots of hours here <laughs> during our stay. Uh, but uh, you put together really, really uh, amazing project and amazing space for people to explore ballet dance. But before we talk to that, I actually want to talk um, about your very beginning of ballet dance journey. So how did you discover about ballet dance and do you remember your uh, very first ballet dance class? Yes, for sure. Uh, I think my journey in ballet dance begins before ballet dance. I think it's my journey in art. That uh, was when I when I born. My family, my dad was a composer, so I grew up in a, a artistic family. Mm-hmm. And my first show, I started to do figure skate when I was like six or seven. And my first show was in, uh, and I was six year when I make my first show, mm-hmm. figure skating show, professional. Uh, for sure, I am amateur children, but. Uh, we make figure skate shows, and after my first play was at seven or eighteen. So I have a lot of experience in art before belly dance. My first belly dance class I was um, I have seventeen years. I recently moved me moved from São Paulo to Curitiba. I'm born in São Paulo. I lived my all my uh, teenage in in São Paulo, and when I moved to Curitiba, I tried to find some activities for moving my body. I always have a bad imagine from my own body. I'm always thinking that I'm fat, not really fat, I'm a young girl, but I have a bad image of my body. I try to find some activities to to move, to make some new friends in the city. It was a difficult uh, change from city mm-hmm. one to another in this, this, this age. So I tried to find some activities near to my house. I find a gym academy and then offer ballet dance class. For sure, I'm, I'm trying to uh, find capoeira classes. And, <laughs> and the same place, they have capoeira classes and belly dance. And my dad says, oh, why you don't do belly dance? Because they have contact with one therapist. 
who writes a book about belly dance and they know the, how belly dance could be good for, for women. And they say, well, I don't do belly dance. I pay the classes for you. I said, okay, let's do belly dance. And that's start my, my history. This is so hilarious because I actually, when I go to belly dance, I was looking for capoeira classes. <laughs> And then a friend of a friend of a friend mentioned, oh, I found this new belly dance classes and they're so excited. And I thought like, okay, let's try. And then I never ended, I never went to any capoeira classes, but I just was laughing. You like, need to Whoa. try. <laughs> you need to try. It's good for flexibility and other stuff. And also I, I keep the capoeira classes together with belly dance ah. classes until the belly dance take all my... Life. <laughs> but do you remember first time going to class? What did you think about belly dance? Do you remember it? Uh, for sure. I have a lot of... Um, I'm worried about it. Uh, the, the first uh, worry that I have about belly dance is I need to show my belly. Mm. I need to put my belly out to make the, the movement. And I have a lot of... Uh, bad sensations and bad feelings about my body. So that is pretty strong. How can I make belly dance classes without showing my belly? <laughs> and I have a really good first teacher. He's super emotional and uh, it's like a mother, really calm and amazing person. I have contact with her until these days. And she's really special to to try to to take off all my my shame about my body and how to explain the first movement. Mm. And I really don't know that belly dance involves a lot of a, a huge world with shows. If anything, I just go to make classes. It's something that still start in my city. They have like a seven, five or seven teachers in the whole city during this this these times. And it was really interesting, and for sure, with a nice teacher, a really um, lovely teacher, uh, keeps my heart to, to the belly dance world. <laughs> and how did uh, this time, uh, uh, did it change your approach? Like, oh my God, I will need to show my belly. Or did it become at some point like, oh, okay, normal. <laughs> Because in belly dance, you probably discovered you don't even need to show your belly, to be mm -hmm. honest. <laughs> Uh, when I make uh, three months uh, before I start the classes, they invite me to make uh, um, a presentation in a festival. They have a belly dance festival, small belly dance festival in Curitiba. And they say, I say, oh my God, how can I do? I need to show my, uh, now I really need to show my, my, my belly. I didn't have a costume. She borrowed me a, a, a mm -hmm. costume from her. But I think the the... How I want to be in the, the stage, uh, I super want to be in the stage and live the experience. It's bigger than my shame from my belly. Mm -hmm. I say, okay. <laughs> and they, they borrow me a costume with something in the, the, that cover a little bit, a small part of the, the, the belly and uh, the, the skirt you can totally see through. This time they use it. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm worried about what kind of underwear I need to use it because you totally can see through the, the, the skirt. And, but I want to be in the, the, the stage. I want to live the experience. Okay, just, just go. <laughs> I remember those skirts that 
took away all your worry about your belly because instead of belly you start worrying about the skirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't use shorts. It's really only wear this. I thought just put them on under underneath with um, uh, the skin of your body, body, and go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, since then, you not only start taking dance classes for physical activity or for entertainment for yourself, but you actually transform it into your career. Mm -hmm. So you start ballet dance, you mentioned it was around, when you moved to Curitiba, around 17, uh, 18 years old? Yes. And it's already the age then we start thinking about potential careers mm -hmm. in our life, mm -hmm. or which universities to go, some people already mm -hmm. maybe in universities, depends on the country. So. But I bet probably, I mean, I actually don't know, but when you just started doing ballet dance, you probably didn't think about it as your career. So what was on your mind as alternative career to ballet dance? Um, I have like an inspiration. Uh, it was crazy to talk about this. Uh, I lost my mom uh, when I was 11, 11 to 12, and it was a really difficult time. And during this time, I have an inspiration that I need to be an artist. That's my motivation to, to keep living. And I need to be an artist. All, my, all the time I think I'm gonna be a, an actress or work with cinema or theater, something like this. And when I put this on my mind, before that I think that I, I like to be archeologist because I love Egypt. So it's crazy, how can I connect to the... So, uh, first I think I'm gonna be a figure, professional figure skating. After I decide that I want to be archeologist because I love Indiana Jones movies and I love Egypt since I was a child. And when I was 11 to 12, in this difficult part of my life, I have an inspiration that I need to be uh, an artist. And doesn't matter what's the price that I need to pay for that, but I will be an artist. And during my childhood, I have some contact with some theater groups. The mother of my best friend from this teenage uh, years uh, was a, a famous director from theater in Sao Paulo. So I have contact with many artists, important artists in, in Sao Paulo. And I never think ballet dance as a career, but the first years totally, uh, I totally practiced as a student. After that, I have a small break of six year, uh, six months, when I come back to São Paulo, work with other stuff, try to to, to 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 build an other kind of career. I work like um, like make promotions of products and it's a kind of model, like uh, in events and promotion of products. And when I'm back to Curitiba. Uh, I'm gonna make a, a, a presentation with Capoeira group. I back to Capoeira, it doesn't back to, to belly dance. <laughs> I just have money to pay one stuff. I say, I'm gonna pay for the Capoeira classes. And I back to Capoeira classes. And uh, in the gym, the, the academy that we make part, they make like presentations in a theater. They say, oh, I'm gonna make a presentation with Capoeira. And I saw my second teacher. And she danced with a sword. And that was magical for me. So I cannot believe that dance exists. I need back to 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 belly dance. And I talked to her, and she said, "Oh, come on, come on, make the classes." Like the second class, she said, "Oh, we have a a, a, a show 
you want to be part of it, but I don't have costume. I don't know the choreography. No, you are good. You can take the choreography fast, and I can borrow our costume. I say, okay, it's not in Curitiba, it's in another city. I need to travel to make the, the, the show. I say, okay. And I, I take the choreographies in two hours. She borrowed me a costume, and she put me inside a big club with 800 people. I say, go. I say, <laughs> I just dance, I don't, I don't have what to do. <laughs> just put me on the, on, the, on the middle of the audience and say, dance. Okay, and I remember they make like a line and start to dance that. I never heard about that. I just give the hands to someone and, <laughs> and smile <laughs> and let's go. Was it a group show or was it a solo show? No, it's a group show. Group show. Yeah. Still, like, probably very surprising, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> the first time. And in the end of the show, she came with some money and gave me, okay, that's your payment. I said, why? I don't need to pay. I'm here just fun. No, that's a payment for me. So now that I discovered that someone can pay me for the, mm. the dance. Was that a turning point of start thinking about dance as a career potential? Or was it still a slow transition that someday you just woke up realizing, oh, I'm a full-time ballet dancer. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> no, I could be an artist and someone will pay me for that. <laughs> Perfect. I find my way. I find my way. And after she put me like, uh, she became like a, like a, a mastermind, like a, a Every show that she goes, she bring me with her. She teach me how to... Uh, you need to dance on the street. Okay, I go. You need to dance uh, on the... Wherever. Mm -hmm. I go for the experience, for, for learning. And they say, you don't need to pay for the classes. I say, okay, but to dance here. Okay. I didn't have nothing to pay. Okay, I go. It's like one or two years... Uh, and it's a, a really interesting time in, in Curitiba because we have like a, a, have a lot of shows here uh, in the countryside. So every weekend we take a van or a car and go to other cities to making shows. We make shows in marriage, in for the consulate, consulates. For consulates, uh, consulates events, yeah. yes, for uh, birthdays, in, every, in companies, in the lunchtime in companies, they want ballet dance shows. It was really interesting. It's before uh, Clone sold opera. Oh, it was so it was so popular even before Clone. Before Ah, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. Yes, we have a, a, a really interesting time, really... Uh, time of uh, popularity of belly dance before clone and it's so crazy because there is no dancers here like we have in the whole city 15 12 20 at least 20 dancers in the whole city so we have a lot of a big demand of shows why do you think it was so much in demand and so popular uh, I think there's some musics that become popular, like the Hallet song, Larbi, mm. and uh, Arab Nights is some interesting theme for shows, for parties. I don't know if that's part, there is a famous character, 
it's a little bisexual, comes uh, calls the, the fate Sera. It's a character that, that she works in a TV show uh, that's popular, that she used like the, the veil in the face, but a very small bikini and something sexual character. I don't know, that's part of the, the whole package of popularity of uh, dance shows, but I know that uh, the theme of uh, Arab Knights, uh, and some music like Fata Morgana na, 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 plays in sense of operas and a lot of music that's before Cologne I just thought uh, how incredible it is because we often talk about Oklone as a source of popularity of ballet dance around the world because how mm -hmm. many ballet dancers became ballet dancers after they saw Oklone mm -hmm. but now listening to you I realize that maybe we should say thanks to popularity of ballet dance in Brazil, which probably inspired production of Okloni in Brazil. Yes. And who knows, maybe the uh, creators of Okloni would not even have this idea mm -hmm. of do TV series inspired by Moroccan culture. And a lot of ballet dance was in Okloni and it was Brazilian soap opera. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to see that, all right, every media product is a result of the culture where it exists but then as a result of this media product we can popularize and even go like you know redirect attention and in this case pretty much the whole world was impacted by Okwani <laughs> <laughs> and it was really crazy because we have the, the, the whole week we have shows like from Sunday to Sunday and how they don't have many dancers in the city. Uh, they need new dancers. That's why I started to work so in the beginning of my my belly dance experience. If you have one year of or two years of belly dance experience, you are like professional. Go, we need it. And it's really interesting. I have like in 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 bars, a lot of restaurants. Uh, private shows uh, uh, the the Arab community is really strong here in Curitiba in, in, the, in, in that years uh, so we make part of marriage and and companies is so interesting we go to make shows at lunchtime in the companies the break for the mm -hmm. working people they put like a tint in, in the middle of the office <laughs> and we, we dance there <laughs> oh wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that uh, that about Brazil. I know that you have education in arts related to arts. Mm -hmm. So, what was that phase of your life that you decided, like, okay, I need education specifically about that? Uh, because, as far as I understood, in a few years, once you start deciding, like, okay, I want to do ballet and shows, the career will start developing quite, mm -hmm. quite actively. Mm -hmm. So your decision to take and do education related to arts, was it before you start actively working as a ballet dancer or was it already after when you were already in the game, let's say? <laughs> uh, for sure, I want to be... Uh, um... A university, art university. First, my first plan is make cinema uh, university. But when I moved to Curitiba, it doesn't exist this this course here. So it starts to work with belly dance. And also my second teacher, Rosie, 
Kisses, Rosie. Thank you so much for everything. <laughs> she said, oh, they have a public uh, universe, art university here in Curitiba. Let's make dance uh, course. I was like, okay. So when I was checked to make the... Here in Brazil, we need to make a, a, a test to to go to... to become a, a, in the university, to, to make the... the entry. Uh -huh. Entry in the university. Uh, I'll say, I check, oh, there's dance and there is performing arts. I'll say, okay, that's performing arts. I decided to make performance because it was my plan before and I think that the, the course could be more useful because dance, I have a specific classes and I could dance, uh, I could still dance outside the university and if I stood a performing arts, I could connect the, the knowledge about both languages to create something new. What would you describe a difference between programming dance and programming performing arts? Because many people who may really not understand, like, oh, what's the difference? Isn't it about the same? Uh, they have some, some subjects that are similar. Uh, for example, in performing arts, we have dance classes during the whole course. We have improvisation classes. Uh, we have the history of dance and theater. We have psychology from uh, basic psychology, uh, psychology from the character, psychology from uh, how to teach uh, philosophy. We have uh, in the first year we studied the four languages of art, music, uh, plastic, uh, plastic uh, arts and theater, dance, I have a lot. In the dance, I, I, I'm not, I don't know how to, to, to say to you the, the specific subjects, but they have more uh, subjects directly to dance, like different kind of dances, uh, but similar. So it's more like dance program, it's more like dance activities, dance classes, and uh, performing arts, uh, it's a combination of uh, um, more like, gen not generic in terms of like uh, superficial, but more like generic, like whole vision on the dance and other arts that uh, involve uh, some body participation and expression through the body, I would assume. Because it was interesting for me because I did uh, I did degree in performing arts too, but yeah. I had a specific specialization dance. So we did have mm -hmm. a lot of dance classes and all other subjects, they were around dance, but there was a lot of theory on like choreography, you know, history or stage production or like how to put together, I don't know, like uh, concerts or theater things, uh, etc. cetera. Um, but in... Uh, in, in my university, in my case, it was like performing arts specialization, majoring in dance. Mm -hmm. It was not separate performing art program and dance. That's why I was curious, like, okay, but when you were studying and also in Brazil, like, what was the difference and why you kind of chose performing arts? <laughs> and and, and separately, you can choose how to be a, a, one specialization for direction and acting and one specialization for teaching. I'm making for teaching, so it's how to teach arts in general, but specifically mm -hmm. theater and performing arts. And also we have a lot of litera literature, literature. Literature. Uh -huh. And we read 
place from uh, old Greece and old uh, Roman, Roman and to modern Brazilian theater. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a really good to choose to make that choose in my life for sure was something that make the difference between in the the whole market mm -hmm. because i have this kind of graduation you mean the the fact that you had university degree or the skills that you learned in university the skills that i learned in university and make the the combination with my belly dance experience i create a, a project how to teach expression and emotions and how to work your emotions and expression in dance. So I create a workshop and after this workshop I try to travel around Brazil teaching these, these skills and record a DVD and have mm -hmm. a lot of uh, works about how to, to use that. Until today is the, the main the, the, the workshop that people more invite me to, to teach is about expression. I was uh, really curious also to ask about this methodology <laughs> that you developed. Uh, what do you feel is the main struggle uh, for dancers in this topic of emotional expression in dance? Um, you need to for sure is um, connect your mind and heart. Uh, the difficult to put the, 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 the heart. I, I saw that, uh, I say that if you see, uh, if you saw a belly dancer really technical, that's something that impress yourself. Say, oh my God, so amazing dance. But the belly dance that keep always in your heart, that you always remember, is the dancer who makes your uh, feeling her emotions. So it, it's trying to find that balance between technical and emotion. It's how they can put their, their whole history in his dance, their heart. How to break that uh, wall between her and the audience. Mm -hmm. Don't dance for herself, dance for someone, share mm -hmm. her emotions. In your opinion, do you think it's important to choose only songs that are really close to you and your heart? Like maybe something that you also experience in your love, like this aspect of, I don't know, heartbroken love or happiness? Or is it uh, important, I don't know, important, useful, necessary? Uh, to also choose songs that may not speak to you directly, but then somehow try to, I don't know, force or somehow try to dig into yourself and find connection to that song, even if it's on obvious uh, level, it's not really speaking to you? Depends of the occasion. Uh, uh, the, the dancer, uh, you, cons you build in your dancing if you are experienced. So if, if you need this experience to build something new to your dance, it's important. If you want just be happy in this moment and live in this moment, just choose something that makes you happy. Uh, doesn't mind what the people are thinking about or judging about your dance, just put in your feelings. But you need a lot of uh, experience, different experience, different, try different kinds of uh, um, 
styles, not only in, in belly dance, you need to, to experience art in your life. You need to watch movies, you need to watch different kinds of dance, you need to read books, you need to, to feed your, <laughs> your art, uh, uh, the art in your, in your soul to, to have something to give to, the, to your audience. Today you are a teacher and you work with a lot of different dancers of different levels. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure when you work with some beginner dancers or more or less beginner dancers, uh, if you're talking about this topic of emotional expression, one of the main struggles for beginner dancers is uh, for the very first performances, how to find this connection and relaxation and not just to have a frozen smile on my face because the teacher told I need to smile so I instead of smiling I kind of just um, uh, freak my muscles on the face and can't move them uh, but that's nothing to do with actual emotional expression so is there any tips or suggestions or tricks that you are uh, you use in your work with especially beginner dancers uh, who may suffer from this frozen smiles and panic attacks uh, prior <laughs> to their first performances? <laughs> uh, smiles the first step. It's to, to broke the, the, the eyes, the frozen face. You say, smile, okay, keep breathing, smile. Uh, for sure, the first, the, 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 the first step is... Um, uh, feeling and understand how you breathe. Breathe is the way that we connect to other kinds of uh, live beings in the, the earth. If I start to speak with you like this, you start to feel anxious. If I speak slowly. So, first step, try to connect your breathing with your movement. Mm -hmm. And for sure, smile is the first step to broke the... The, how they close the mouth, like put the, the lips inside and, mm -hmm. um, and, and just let it fun, just enjoy the moment, uh, stay in the present moment, uh, work the, the uh, try to, to, to cheat them, how to put them in the present moment, just say just as a few minutes on the stage, just leave them like in the present moment. Oh, there's something. Watch dance like uh, that. That sentence. Dance like no one is watching you. It's work, but for the first is is work with breathing exercises and to start to to uh, to have the the feeling of your whole body, not like mechanical movements. Just not uh, replace what your teaching are doing. Starts to, to feel your movement from inside to outside. Yeah, it's it's a very important topic, and for many things, it's um, easier to talk about it or be in the present moment or like feel like you know what's you're living through. It's easier to to talk about it rather than actually do it. But I like how you gave also you know the practical suggestions. Okay, focus on your breath. Because that's the thing that is in the current moment uh, and uh, it's something that is connected directly to your body, but you can focus on it so you also shift your mind to your body sensations mm -hmm. and it, it, it's very much connected to our emotions, how you even gave example of speaking differently will bring up different emotions in us. So uh, that's really interesting. 
How do you think, uh, what is easier or more difficult? Is it to, and this may be for you personally, you can approach it, or maybe some suggestions that they give for students, but if, it, if I'm asking you, for instance, is it easier for you to feel as if it's Linda on stage or if it's a dance character on stage when you're performing? Do you create a, you know, like persona on stage or is it no, it, it's me, it's real me on stage all the time. Do you have like differentiation or connection between this kind of like, it's different approaches and different people talk about different things. So how, what's your approach to this topic? <laughs> it's interesting to talk about this because for sure it's a character, but the character carries all of me. That character carries all my history. But it's, it's me, uh, it's difficult to put yourself on stage. It's vulnerable. It's, it's very, a really yeah. vulnerable place. And you need, and when you are in the backstage doing your makeup and put all this, that's not a useful, it's not a daily costume. For sure it's a character, you're building a character. All the pictures that you saw on Instagram, that's not real girls. <laughs> real life is really different. And you build your character. But it's really interesting when you put your feet on the, the stage, you open your heart. It's really symbolic gesture that you say, here is all of me. That's all my history here. That's all that I live in before. It's here. The character is like um, that strong clothes that the soldiers use. How can I say Armors. That? Armors. The character is like an armor to, pro to protect yourself. Mm. But inside this armor, it's you that, that was inside Benson. Yeah, it's an interesting topic because it's uh, at the same time we have this mask of character, which helps mm -hmm. because it feels protective oh it's not me i'm just playing the character mm -hmm. and at the same time to play that character really nicely we do need to dig part of ourselves and put part of the whole of ourselves or i would say dig part and then go fully into that part of ourselves <laughs> to embody that character and there's a sentence that i love and i use a lot in my classes from stanislav they say you need to love more uh, the life in yourself than yourself in, in sorry you need to love more the art in yourself than yourself in art that's a way to balance your ego because ego is something that kills a lot of good artists what are the traps that our ego can create for artists for sure you think you are best than uh than other people, that you don't need to serve, that you are there and the people need to just clap and say that you are the best. You are, you are uh, working like everybody, and you need to serve and to make a contribution to the society. We often don't think about art as a contribution, we think about art just as entertainment, thinking that entertainment is not a contribution. <laughs> No, yeah, you need to think about what's your your uh, what what are you doing here in, in art? What are you living for? What's the legacy you know you're gonna leave for art, for life, for the people's life? 
Yeah. And artists always have this this unbalanced ego. Oh, we need someone says that I'm I'm beautiful. I'm good. I'm really good dancer. And that sometimes that's a big trap to kill the, the truth of your art. It's also very tricky because specifically in dance, or most of the performing arts, it's literally we present art with our body. Mm -hmm. So it's a trap to start associating that we are art. So people's reaction on dance is as if it's reaction on us. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm superstar. I'm great mm -hmm. enough. Like no, there is a very ch big challenge of separating because it's so connected and it comes from our body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Coming back to the teaching topic, mm -hmm. because we kind of went on a side tangent <laughs> talking about emotions. But uh, you started actively uh, as a ballet dance performer mm -hmm. back in the years. Um, when came the decision to start teaching? Because you start, we start talking about your university mm -hmm. degree and that you decided to go into teaching phase. But where was this initial push? Like, okay, it's not just art that I'm performing, I'm getting paid for it, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning, expressing, all this stuff. But also, oh, I want to teach. Or maybe not want, but I, it's something that you started doing, started teaching. So how was the very beginning of your teaching career? In Baladins. So different times then <laughs> than today because um, so I started performing and for sure the people know that I'm performing in restaurants and everything and one friend said oh I want to make some classes can you give me some some classes in my house I say okay I don't I don't don't have to, I'm not pretend to be a teacher just happen again as as a performer so I started to give, give private classes for a friend and my teacher on this time have a big demand for classes so she cannot uh, support all this demand she said I do want to give classes in this gym place or this uh, aesthetical clinic clinic aesthetic uh, clinic yeah board. aesthetic yeah. clinic of yeah. salons yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> We perform in every place. Can you imagine? We teach in every place. <laughs> it sounds like that. <laughs> so I started to, to teach in a, in a aesthetical clinic. It's the house of an old lady. She has like a room. She has a piece of mirror. She says, I want to put some belly dance classes here. I say, okay, let's go. And we start the class there. Well, one thing I would say, belly dance can definitely contribute to our beauty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we start with some classes. And, and a few months before it starts the clone salt opera and the crazy running through the belly dance classes. So we have invites to teach in the whole city. I start like have Ten different places to, to teach in the city. So during the morning I study, at afternoon I go to the university, at night I teach belly dance, I running through the city to different places to teach, and after I go to perform. So I sleep like a... Like student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five, three, four, five hours at night studying, performing, teaching. Mm. 
in different places uh, and it was praised. They say, oh, I'm going to have a, a, a start, a, a new group for belly dance. And I go to teach, beginning to teach, just uh, try to improve how to, to, to show the first movement and everything. And I came like 80 students for a first class. And so we cannot teach all the students together. You need to share in two different groups. If you want a, a place on this group, please uh, go to the reception to, mm -hmm. to subscribe. So the girls totally running through the reception to, to, to get a place on the, the, this group. It was so crazy times. But those times were also crazy because it was all the different places that you had to run around. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, you probably years later, you came to the point that you opened your own space. The studio, literally, that we're sitting in. I don't know if it was the right way, this, this building, this space, or maybe you moved to that, I don't know. But still, you, you at some point, you put it together into your studio. Mm -hmm. So, uh, where the transition happened uh, and why and uh, was it more from practical point of view it was more like calling like you wanted to have space uh, uh, how how we transitioned from that crazy times of teaching 10 different mm -hmm. places to okay now it's it's one centralized spot it's a long way uh if so i starts to to teach in during 2000s and i just i opened the studio in 2007 16. Mm -hmm. So 16 years teaching in, uh, in dance schools and gym places and statical <laughs> on streets and <laughs> in any places before open my my own business. But before the school starts the festival, so it's something mm, that's uh, interesting. Yes, the the, the, the festival and the, the the projects of events and shows uh, starts before the, the the studio. For sure, uh, along the, the years, I I don't teach in so many different. I choose one dance school or two places to to teach. Uh, the problem is they have a big demand to rehearsals to classes. And the place where I teach before doesn't uh, have space or time enough to to for I can use it accommodate, for it, uh -huh. to accommodate all that. So we decide to. But I think it's a good problem to have for artists to have high demand. <laughs> Um, because times differently changed and shifted, but it's also interesting you mentioned that the festival be uh, will started before studio, mm -hmm. because typically uh, the natural, let's say, progression, how dances mm -hmm. go, they may start performing, they may start class, uh, teaching classes, then they open their own studio, and then at some point they start doing the festival. In your case, the festival was the first. Was it right away like a Hathor festival, or was it a different variation? It's a different variation for sure. I, I, before I have experience to to making choreography for the dance schools that I work and then prepare. Uh, how can I work? I, I'm usually make like a small show, like 15 minutes shows in the dance schools, uh, 
festivals and, and something like that. I, I, I like to put all my students together, like Mejance, uh, a small group make the entrance part, the, the second group make the folklore part, and try to create like a, a small show. In 2011, I have a, a nice group and a lot of friends. Because this year starts to it's the year that I that I win the Mercado Persa here and starts to make some uh, travels to teaching and I have a lot of friends, so I decide to uh, make a, a reunion between my dance and friends and my students. Let's make a show. Let's make it, it's like a show, but it's like a theater a play mixing with poetry, with dancing, uh, with some mystical parts. Uh, the name is uh, Behind the, This Kinds of Dendera. It's the name of my first play. And we, I find a theater with 20 cities. I'll say, perfect, 20 cities. That's not uh, <laughs> expectation, okay. Uh-huh, okay. That's a, a big uh, advice. Start step by step. Start uh, small. <laughs> so we make the we create the play. The process was really amazing. It's totally mundane. It's totally super uh, simple with a lot of motion and oh, let's write a text about the woman's in the dead. Let's uh, imagine that. Uh, let's uh, sing a song. Uh, create like a mixing show and was a really huge success because we have 25 dancers on the stage and 20 people in the audience can you imagine <laughs> it's so huge success we need to make two sections of the, the the show and that was in december and the honor of the theater say oh your show is so good your theater play is so good we have a, a theater festival here in curitiba it's the biggest in on brazil so I have like 15 days with uh, plays around the whole city. They say, don't make like a season in my theater. Uh, we, we make half, half, half to half the... Projects. Uh -huh. uh, I say, perfect. We have a season. Let's do it. And we make four presentations during the, the theater festival in Curitiba. It was really amazing. So I say, okay. We make a goal, let's make something bigger. And I teach in, in one dance school, the donor is my friend due to these days, and she say, Oh, we rent a big theater. Do you want to share? I say, Okay, that's my opportunity to, to rent a big theater. Let's do it. So we share and we make the second show. The name is uh, There is Godness in Every Woman. All the the all the dance numbers are about one godness, one for Hathor, one for Aphrodite, one for, and we make an opening, really theater, theater, uh, theater, theater, theatrical, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and with the the young woman, the old woman, with the the femininities, uh, um, archetypes, archetypes, things. And so it's a goal. And after this show, one girl said, oh, next year you're going to make again. You're going to make it again. So mm, let's think about it. And in 
2000, that was 2013. In 2013, I will complete 15 years of dance. I'll say, why I didn't have the brave act to rent a big theater and make one special show to celebrate my 15 years of dance. And maybe before we can make like a small uh, participation for other groups, for other dancers. Also, and when I was traveling, we just started to, to, to travel, to teach in other states, other cities. I have a lot of friends. I called some friends. Do you want to come in? Uh, I have bus tickets. You can sleep in my house. We can share what we... Uh, keep with the classes. Okay, let's make workshops. So we start with some workshops with some friends, uh, a small presentation open for other groups, and uh, the show celebrating my 15 years. And it was a huge successful. The workshops are so full, we need to create the second group. In the same time, some teacher cheating in one, one class, uh, one room, and the other teacher in another room. And and that starts the festival. Mm. And every year we make something. Uh, and the next year we put uh, some competitions. And every year we create something new. But it's a great reminder and advice for people. Like start small mm. and see which direction to go. And uh, there is always space to grow. But uh, maybe don't jump right away for something grandiose that you can't handle right away or not sure or if it will work uh, through because that may be the first and last thing <laughs> you want to do. But if you go slowly building up like the scale of events you're organizing, that at least guarantees the longevity of your activities <laughs> you actually will keep doing. And you do not broke, uh, broke <laughs> your financial life and your accounts, uh, yeah. <laughs> mental healthy uh, <laughs> at some point you uh, when you opened your school and even festival you gave a name Hathor Hathor mm -hmm. studio mm -hmm. why exactly Hathor why not Isis or Bastet or any other goddesses why 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 you chose this one uh, in the beginning of my career I used my uh, my normal second name. But in Brazil, in old times, it's useful the dancers choose uh, Arab names. So I think, how can I use my, my last name? My last name is super German, it's Miller. And until 2006, I use my, my, my name is Linda. In Brazil is strange, uh, abroad is not, but in Brazil it's strange because it's, uh, you say it's mean beautiful in Brazil. Uh, after starts in 2017, I will make uh, a test for Hanel Halili in Sao Paulo. And they say, put your name and your artistic name. I was saying, I, need to, I want something Egypt. And that means something to me. And Hathor is the art godness, the motherhood godness, uh, it means a lot. And there is no one in these times, there is no one in Brazil who used this, this name. Okay, that's mine. And I'm always thinking to choose some name that it, it's bigger than me. If someday I need to leave the, the, the dance, the Hathor name keeps there. Like the festival, like the school, like like a branding, 
bigger than me. So I, I, I still carry my, <laughs> my name with Hathor, but I think Hathor is bigger than me. Mm. For sure, the goddess and the, <laughs> the branding. No, but for, for branding purposes, so it's like a continuation. So someone at some point, maybe, who knows, mm-hmm. they take, take, um, take over. That's an interesting, you know, like long-term uh, um, planning <laughs> and strategy. <laughs> right away thinking about those uh, kind of things. Um, comparing situation with ballet dance today... Mm-hmm. and back to those times that we were discussing how different it is in both in terms of popularity of ballet dance is it still the same popularity among general audience and demand of ballet dancer and of course in terms of uh, how currently the nuances of being a working ballet dancer and trying to build a career as a ballet dancer in Brazil. And we are, of course, Brazil is big, but we are talking specifically about mm-hmm. Paraná, Curitiba, or maybe Sao Paulo, you know, anything about that. But more or less like this, I would say, central slash southern region. <laughs> it's totally different. Because then, when, I, when I start, as I explained before, before we have demand for a lot of shows, we can live as a performing. Uh, I think today, nowadays, is almost impossible you live as um, a performer here in Brazil. For the ex- big part of dancers, for sure, have two or three jobs, different jobs to 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 keep their careers, keeping. Uh, doing investments in in classes and costumes and and the thing um, it's totally different I think nowadays um, we live more in a small community we are not so open to outside audience uh, we are not so invited to to go to other places to to show our arts so we used to live in our small community of the schools, in our uh, community of the festivals, uh, in social medias nowadays. Uh, it's really different. We need to open ourselves to the world. For the world could see again what is Belenes. That's one of the main uh, points to me nowadays, is how can I create new audience for the ballet dance? Do you think it's possible to recreate the popularity of ballet dance, how it used to be in 2000s? In Brazil, I'm talking specifically, not around the world here. Do you think it's, it's, it is possible in I general, or it's like... <laughs> Waves come and go. Yes, I could be a dreamer, but I, I keep believing that. I keep believing that. That's why I work for the festival. For sure, the festival is how I can contribute, make a contribution to, to that. That's why I try to create a show not so interesting for belly dance audience, but a way to involve the people who never saw belly dance and and create something interesting for, for new audiences. 
That's definitely very important to, to keep believing. Otherwise, nothing will happen, that's for sure. <laughs> I was just curious to, to know your opinion. And it's interesting because uh, in my experience, I was surprised how many Arabic restaurants are actually in Curitiba, like downtown. I don't know how it used to be. I know my uh, Pedro, my husband, mm-hmm. who spent a lot of his life, he grew up uh-huh. like school time and early adultness. It's, it was in Curitiba mm-hmm. for him. And now we came back. It was first time, not just like to visit quickly for one, two weeks, but we are a couple months here mm-hmm. and we are more like living in different parts of the city and he actually was also surprised like oh my god there is another Arabic restaurant there is another Arabic restaurant here uh, but I know Arabic restaurants not necessarily represent what is happening in Belladans although it was funny because I was walking on the street and I look at the girl coming uh, no first of all we dropped to one Arabic restaurant just to see they have baklavas or something mm-hmm. like this. And it was lunchtime, I don't know, middle of the day. And then we looked to the side, oh, there is a Bella dancer right now there performing. Oh. And it was funny because like half an hour and an hour afterwards, we were again walking through a neighboring street. And I look at the girls like, you really have a crazy makeup as for streets. And it just caught my attention because this is not something common to see much in Brazil, mm-hmm. like really like heavy makeup. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then I looked down like, I think this is the cover for her side. All right, that was the belly dance. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting to see how it is active because in many other parts of the world, mm-hmm. you will not see anything like that. And even my experience, I think Baghdad Cafe, mm-hmm. I was so impressed, so surprised that part of the show, the whole section of the show, was dedicated to folkloric dances. Mm-hmm. This is something really amazing, because Benetton shows you can pretty much find in any city, any country, but it's not really typical for a restaurant to request dancers put Kaliji, put Iraqi, put Baladi, like in cover dances. And it's for general audience. It's not like specialized restaurant for ballet dancers. That was impressive how cool it is. But of course, like listening to you, I also understand that probably back in years, it was a completely different picture. And maybe now the scale of ballet dance, how it's happening now, it's really, really small and almost like nothing compared to, to what it was. But let's hope it will come back and let's hope somehow we'll find a way to reintroduce, uh, I don't know, not to reintroduce, sorry, to re-share the popularity of Belladance. Yeah. Uh, I think the first step is, is uh, you need to think who is watching you. People make Belladance for themselves. And we live different places and different situations. I cannot dance the same dance that someone presents in a... Uh, marriage on Egypt is not the same dance that I use here in a restaurant in Curitiba. It's not the same dance that I present to the dad, moms and dads from my students in the, the show of my school. I think the first question we need to make ourselves is how can I um, cultivate, 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 cultivate my audience? How can make them their interesting in my show that they can back and back and back? Mm-hmm. And how to, to bring the ballet dance to the reality of Curitiba, of Ukraine, of... Because it's different. In the old times, we can dance to the Arab community. 
So they know what kind of music they like, what kind of dance. Bagdad Cafe is really interesting. I worked there for 17 years. It was one of my, the biggest schools that I could, could have in, in my dance career because we dance every week, sometimes two, three, four times, five times per week, from 10 to 2, from 11 to 3 a.m., like 30, 40 songs per night, and all kinds of dance because we need to entertain. And it's so nice in old times, the owner uh, likes to presentation to the audience what means, what kind of accessory, what kind of dance, where they're from. That's a way to bring belly dance to near to, to new audience. That's really, really cool because um, this topic is also close to, to me, uh, to my heart, and uh, partially there are many discussions that kind of make me sad, uh, specifically discussions that many ballet dancers think, oh, dancing in a restaurant, it's like beneath uh, the art, uh, especially the dancers who rose on a festival world of ballet mm. dance, like who travel. So it's like, oh no, stage is okay, but what do you mean in restaurants? And then that makes it sad because if all professional dancers get out of restaurants, it's not like restaurants will stop showcasing ballet dance. It's just what kind of ballet dance it will be. Mm. And from other point of view, restaurants, I kind of feel that's the closest point of connection and popularization of, oh, at least spreading awareness of ballet mm. dance to the general audience. Because general audience, typically, they will not go to a ballet dance concert unless they have mm -hmm. a friend or relative who performs. But they will go to Moroccan or Arabic restaurant. And for an artist and for a dancer, it's it's amazing experience, amazing school because you work so close to the audience. And you have to share the attention with the kibi, with the sfiha, with the... How can you entertain an audience for a whole night so close? But that we don't have, we dance just a few minutes on stage after you dance uh, between the, the, the tables, super close to the audience. So it's really a nice experience. For sure, nowadays it's different. We have uh, a few restaurants, still have shows and. Uh, the conditions of work make the girls uh, give up of to 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 keep on it, keep to keep on it. But for sure, it's part of the popular popularity to make the popularity of dance bigger. We keep that kind of of shows. It's different. Yeah. It's just different. We have many ways to to keep the dance live. One is in the class classroom, teaching. Uh, uh, creating new passions, uh, new passions for dancing, uh, saving lives. That's why we do saving lives. That's why dance made mates for me. They say the dance saved my life, so I need to, to give back something. And keep the festivals for sure is another important. I'm not sure about the future of the festivals of the pandemic. But we still <laughs> keep on it. Let's see what's happened in the future. And also, we have social media. This is a new stage, new way of belly dances. Um, 
around the world they keep the, that connection with the the Arab community in Dubai, also in Egypt. But we have the uh, news that the the conditions of work is not so good nowadays. But still have a lot of girls from Brazil we have students works in 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 Dubai and France who works in Dubai and in Egypt and. I don't know about the future. I know I want to just want make my my part to to Speaking also about your part. I know you have annual festival and you also organize a bunch of events. So as we are slowly closing our conversation, mm-hmm. can you please share with our listeners first of all where they can find more information about you and your activities and follow your dance activities? Mm-hmm. What's the best way to follow it? Mm-hmm. And also any upcoming events for I don't know April, May, summer, maybe you already have no and can announce dates of uh, next festival that you organize, like whatever you have on your mind so people can think, plan and maybe mark their calendars. <laughs> come to Curitiba. Come everybody You're invited to come to Curitiba in October. Okay, I'm not really active in social medias, but you can find me in my Instagram arroba linda rato you can find me on instagram we have the website from the festival for sure we're gonna have the festival this year six seven eight october here in in curitiba next week we're gonna have news about the festival who was the, the teachers and everything we have comp- dance competitions with money prizes and custom prizes we love give prizes to 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 all the dancers so come to curitiba you also can visit the egyptian museum and spend some nice days we have workshops master class and one beautiful gala show the the theme, the theme of the gala show this year will be dreams. So it starts to imagine what your dream in dance and what can, we can create uh, uh, with this idea. Also, we have uh, one small festival, not so small, but the, 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 the studio festival for the students could uh, create their own choreographies in June. Uh, next month, I will travel to to Santa Catarina for Summer Ballet Dance Festival. I'll also be in Sao Paulo for Mercado Persa. And I give a lecture about how to build in a show to our skills and topics and tips for how to, to create a, a, a nice show. And in December, I will complete 25, not December, it's August, but in December, I'm planning a special show for Celebrate 25 Years in Dance. That's cool. Wow. Wow, That's really cool. (laughs) 25 Years in Dance. So I'm planning a special show for Celebrate That in, in December. Everybody invited. That's so exciting, so cool. Well, I definitely will include links to the show notes of the episode so all listeners can easily find and connect with our guest and by the time this uh, uh, interview is released there will be already information more about festival Uh Hator festival so plan for October Uh, it's always very exciting I heard many different uh, uh, very warm very enthusiastic feedback from your festival oh, so really? that's really Let me know about it. <laughs> I love to hear feedbacks we need to do that to, to, 
to create yeah. a be better festival every year. So it's definitely event worth of visiting. So really excited for you and wishing you good luck. And uh, thank you also for agreeing to take time and to chat uh, and to share about your dance experience and your dance story and uh, all the different uh, things and nuances that we talked mm -hmm. about. It was really, really good good time of pleasure like the the time really flew by I was like oh my god it's oh. already <laughs> already time but before i let you go and prepare for your evening activities today i want to ask you our final question you may be familiar with it maybe not mm -hmm. but there is one question which i ask every single guest mm -hmm. at the end of the interview regardless of what we talked about and the question is What makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years? Uh, people. People. It's not about the, the dance. It's about people. Mm. It's about how you connect with people, how uh, amazing artists as you, and I could know... Um, For sure, amazing places, but it's about people. It's not about dance. Mm. That's why we need to care. We need to, we need to care of the people and the love that I received from my woman. Subscribe. The love that I received to to my French, to my students, the big friendships that I create in the. Um, about the dance, with the dance, big friends that dance gave me, and always remind what dance makes for my life, how dance can build, uh, bring me strong, um, uh, emotional development, uh, emotional intelligence, It's just, just start to dance and connect with the people and you remind why you, you, you're in love. If you stop, you will forget. Don't stop. Keep it. Just keep it. Keep it. Keep it. It's just uh, every, uh, many days I come to give class. Oh my God, I need to start to give a class. In five minutes of workout, I forget actually. Mm. When I saw some girls say, Oh, I have so hard day. It's so good that I'm here and smile to me. I forget everything. It's about how to to focus and keep going. And it's about people. It's not about pets. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, bringing more consistency and more fun into your dance training online. Check it out at yanadanceclub.com, direct link in the show notes. And before you leave, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, as well as leave a review on iTunes or any other app you're using to listen to the show. The more people know about this podcast, the easier it is for me to bring even more awesome guests. Until next time, keep shimming and keep dancing.